Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And uh, this episode, uh, I want to dive into um, a question that I got um, based on an Instagram post that I did um, last week. So uh, the, the question was, or is, um, how do you how do you shift focus and still stay connected to endurance sports? Um, so I'll expand on that a little bit and where that question comes from. So um, I, for the last year or so, uh, have had a personal goal of um, of building towards what's kind of loosely referred to as the the thousand pound club. Um, so it's the uh, it's the cumulative weight of your maximum uh, deadlift, um, back squat. And bench press. Um, so uh, last week uh, I went for that goal. I accomplished it uh, after uh, 12 months or so of work and posted it on Instagram. And uh, just to give a little background uh, about my journey to get there, what it meant to me, and um, and got a lot of great feedback, a lot of great questions. But one of the one of the questions that it sparked was this idea or, or this direct question of, you know, how do you, how do I shift focus and still stay connected to endurance sports? I have obviously, you know, built, uh, built a life and a career uh, on and around endurance sports. Um, it's what I've done m- mostly my entire life, um, whether it's running or cycling uh, or mountain sports or combinations of those things, um, looking to explore the edges and the limits uh, of the endurance space. And, um, and so I think people were, um, some folks told me they were surprised to see this shift and and this strength goal because it's not necessarily um, endurance based. So uh, today I want to unpack that. I want to explore it. Um, I thought it was a really, um, it's a really great question. It's something that I've been thinking a lot about as I've explored different um, versions of my athleticism and still work to stay focused on uh, on long-term goals and health and happiness. Um, so it got me thinking, um, and uh, it allowed me to uh, to unpack this and to think about what it really means to explore different um, different um, different versions of athleticism, uh, different modalities, different ways to move my body, different ways to engage, and how they all really in my mind add up to to the same thing right Th- that exploration of uh of our full potential of our bodies as you know complex and dynamic um machines and tools that help us uh reach our goals however we um we want to explore that um the sum total of the effort is is still the same um and so so that's what today's going to be about. It's going to be about this uh, this question that was posed, came up uh, several times uh, through uh, through questions on on Instagram, uh, and again allowed me to to think uh, a little bit more uh, in depth about this question. And it's something that I want to explore uh, uh, with you guys, with our listeners, um, and uh, I think it's going to be a really, uh, hopefully, a really impactful um, episode because it's something that we hear a lot uh, on endurance minded from. Our listeners is how do we um, how do we continue to stay connected? Uh, how do we stay focused? How do we explore these different things while still feeling uh, like athletes, still feeling engaged? Um, 
So, uh, so that's what we want to start with today. Uh, if you uh, want to follow along with my journey, um, you can do so. I'm on Instagram at, at Taylor J. Thomas. Um, and uh, as always, please follow along um, with uh, Thomas Endurance Coaching. Uh, we're on Instagram at, at Thomas underscore Endurance underscore Coaching. Um, you can keep up with this podcast. You can keep up with um, everything that we have going on from our coaches um, to our brand ambassadors to um, events that we have going on coming into the spring and summer season. We've got lots of cool stuff. Um, that we're getting set up around the country, lots of neat ways uh, and fun and exciting ways to engage with TEC. So you can follow along with us there as well as everything related to Endurance Minded. As always, enduranceminded.com to reach out, comment, uh, let us know what you're thinking and please rate, subscribe uh, subscribe and share. I can't thank you enough for your support. Um, So uh, with that being said, uh, let's get to it. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com slash endurance minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. So let's talk about exploring your athleticism. Um, this is really the condensation of uh, of this question, right? Again, the question that was posed to me was, how do you shift your focus and still stay connected to endurance sports? And, it, and it's a fair question because it's um, it's hard to, to be engaged in, uh, in different disciplines. It's hard to know how those disciplines will complement one another. It's hard to know if, if, if they are complementing one another, are they contributing to, um, to the progress that I'd like to see towards my goals? Um, 
And 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 then, you know, all of that aside, it's something that that I hear from athletes all the time. We get questions and comments to the podcast um, about, you know, how do I um, how do I mix it up or, or athletes are nervous or afraid to to branch out of their uh, or away from their primary discipline. Um, and typically that's a that's a traditional endurance sports discipline, like triathlon, running, cycling. Um, and um, how, how do I how do I explore these other modalities without losing sight of or losing my identity in these traditional um, endurance sports spaces? So I want to break down several ways that I've thought about this because it's something that that I have had to cope with, understand as my athleticism um, shifts, as I continue to look for ways to engage. Um, I've, I've been in, in endurance sports for a long time. And so it's important for me to understand and find different ways to engage with, with my athleticism, with my body, with my goals, so that I can continue to do this for the rest of my life. That's the overarching goal is we want to use um, we want to use these pursuits to, to keep us healthy, to keep us happy, keep us focused, uh, to add value to the rest of our lives. And, and the way that we get the most out of that process is if we do it, um, if we do it forever, if we're, if we're consistently engaged. So, um, so I've, I've spent a lot of time working through this, um, in my own mind, in my own pursuits. And, and so this really, this question was, was well-timed. Because it's going to allow me to uh, to expand on this and hopefully give uh, you guys, our listeners, some insight into maybe how you can tap into to these different things, um, different expressions of your athleticism to keep you in it for the long term, so you don't burn out, um, and so you and and so that you get excited about what your body is capable of. Um, that's been one of the most impactful things for me as I've as I've worked more in the strength space is just to understand um, how our bodies can respond in these different ways and what our bodies are capable of, even though we may have thought that we were only, you know, good at or, or able to do one thing um, well, which for me would be endurance sports, you know? And, and so I had always thought that that was, that was the thing that I could do, right? I could run long distances. I could ride my bike long distances. I could push. Um, and, and that's still the case, but I, I was able to shift that and, and realize that my body was, is and will continue to be um, capable and able to show up in these other capacities that are totally different from endurance sports. And that's really exciting to, to see how that can shift. And it keeps me very engaged uh, in, uh, in my own training, in my own focus, uh, in my own thinking about um, the work that I do with coaches and athletes. So so let's dive in. Um, first place um, to to highlight, or the first area that we can explore our athleticism, is to not be afraid of change. So you know, we we so often um, are afraid that if we take time away from our primary discipline, um, you know, that would be our endurance focus. Again, typically that's cycling, running, multi sport. If we take time away from that, it will detract from, from that thing. It'll detract from our primary focus. And, you know, that 
I think we as athletes <clears throat> need to do our best to come off of that a little bit. We need to to be a little less strict about how we um, how we think about our progression in endurance sports. You know, all of our effort doesn't have to, and then arguably nor should it go entirely towards this one thing. All right, we need. Um, we need other disciplines. We need other things to focus on, specifically through different times of the year, um, so that we can continue to be excited and engaged. So, our, um, so that's the mental piece. But then, from a physiological perspective, we need opportunities to uh, to adapt in other ways, to bolster our weaknesses uh, through different modalities, so that we can come back to our primary discipline, to that to that focus uh, in, in the endurance sports space and, and be better at that. Um, so I think, you know, again, just, just maybe recognizing, and again, this is something that I've dealt with, um, that we carry a certain amount of anxiety oftentimes and and some fear and some trepidation about what's going to happen if we don't put all of our focus on this, on this one thing, right? So if I, if I'm a, um, if I'm a cyclist, you know, if I don't spend the 10 hours a week I have to train on cycling, uh, am I going to get worse? Uh, is it, is, am I going to not reach my full potential? And, um, and I just think that there's an opportunity to, to relieve some of that anxiety and stress and know that, that engaging in other disciplines, um, specifically again, at key times of the year, um, is really going to, benefit you overall. Certainly the mental piece, allowing for some, um, from a a break from, from this very singular focus, but also allowing our bodies to develop different strengths, to be better in different areas, to build strength, to build, um, aerobic capacity. You know, if you're a cyclist and maybe you want to go for a run, um, you know, in the off season to build some, uh, some strength or to build some, um, you know, aerobic strength in, in different ways. So I think we could just start by maybe relieving some of that pressure and knowing that shifting things around, engaging in different areas and giving more time to other things is still going to complement our goals. It's still going to complement our primary focus and that we don't, we, we can take some of the pressure away um, that we feel when we think about not spending all of our time on a, on our primary discipline. Um, and because, because it's again, this, this idea that the sum total of the effort still creates, um, still moves us in the direction of our goals. It still creates adaptation. Uh, it still allows for mental, emotional space. We relieve some of that pressure from the singular focus of our endurance goals. Um, and that's vitally, uh, important we think about longevity and sustainability in the sport. So first and foremost, again, just if nothing else is much of a statement, um, just don't be afraid to change. Know that we can shift things up and it's going to be okay. You're not going to lose fitness. You're not going to, um, uh, you know, be worse at running next year than you are this year. Um, specifically if you do it in a way that's guided by sound, um, principles, you know, sound, um, uh, whether that's, you know, coaching, or if we think about things from uh, a physiological perspective, 
if we're if we're doing things through the lens of you know sound science, um, that that mix up uh, or switching things up is going to be uh, is actually going to help you and not hinder you. So next thing is um, there's no perfect body type. <clears throat> so let me expand on that. Um, I'll start with the um, with the disclosure that you know certainly there are um, there are optimal body types for specific sports for specific goals. <clears throat> so, for instance, uh, if your goal is to be a really strong um, climber uh, in the sport of cycling, then Certainly an optimal body type would be that you'd be um, at a um, at a weight that is, you know, healthy, but lean uh, for your body type. And and then that would create um, a higher, you know, watts per kilogram or power to weight ratio, which would allow you to climb um, at, you know, a, a, an optimal pace or as efficiently as possible. Um, same thing, you know, if you're a runner and you're looking to be a really good, um, <clears throat> marathon distance runner, certainly we would expect, or, or we would try to optimize your body type so you could be, you know, long and lean and light and efficient and your stride would be, you know, your turnover would be quick. So we don't, you know, we wouldn't be looking for lots of, you know, big, chunky, heavy muscles in your legs or your upper body. So uh, I'll start by saying that because there, there certainly are optimal body types based on our goals. That being said, we, we get hung up on this as athletes, certainly as, you know, age group and amateur athletes where we are afraid to, you know, and, and I'll put in quotes, you know, put on muscle or, uh, or get too bulky or, um, you know, whatever it is. And I've heard all of the variations of these things from athletes over the years, but I think, I think exploring what is an optimal body type for you could be really valuable, right? So we get hung up again. If you're a cyclist, you might, um, you know, project these, these things that we read, or, um, you know, these other elite level athletes, we might project their goals and their body type and what they look like onto ourselves, um, and chase that. And it might not be optimal for us, right. Based on, um, a body type that allows us to thrive. Uh, I know for myself, you know, I've certainly been, um, too skinny, you know, when I was, uh, racing bikes at an elite level and really chasing those goals. Um, I looked and saw what the folks around me looked like and I, uh, and I chased that. And it was many years later where I, and after a lot of experimentation and understanding um, where I realized what my optimal body type was and that I was never going to look like those guys. Um, and that's okay. That didn't necessarily make me less competitive. It's about optimizing my health um, and making sure that I treated my body um, the way I needed to be treated, specific to to my goals and my needs, 
um, and my musculature and my skeletal system and, and then optimizing that for, for my goals, you know, on the bike. Uh, and the same thing in the running space for me personally as well. Um, I was never going to be long and lean. Um, I was always going to carry more muscle. I was always going to have bigger legs. I was always going to have bigger chest and shoulders, but I just needed to work on optimizing, um, that. So again, these are, you know, as much kind of statements as anything else where just understand that there's no one perfect body type. And so when we get hung up on, you know, I can't do this activity because it's going to make me look like X, right? Or it's going to, it's going to detract from my ability to have this optimal body type that I'm chasing for my specific discipline. Um, I would, I would argue, or I would encourage you to experiment and, and work to find what your optimal body type is. It might be different than what we see, um, you know, in magazines or, you know, articles that we're reading from, you know, whatever publication that show these specific types of athletes. Um, and we might just not look like that. And that might not be the healthiest way for us to look in order for us to pursue our sport um, in a way that's in alignment with, uh, with our, 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 you know, full potential. So try to, try to come off of that, you know, and if you've struggled with these preconceptions or again, projecting these certain body types and images onto yourself. And then furthermore, if that's kept you from experimenting with, uh, with different activities, with different disciplines, with different types of say strength training, uh, or different, um, types of, you know, workouts in your primary discipline, uh, other disciplines, explore those to better understand what works for you and what creates an optimal body for you. Um, it might require more strength training. Um, it might require, you know, more or less volume in your primary discipline. It might require quote unquote cross training. Um, it might require, you know, more, um, more movement-based things such as Pilates or yoga to keep your body moving in a way that feels natural and healthy and comfortable. So it doesn't have to look like anything that anybody else does. It needs to be um, an approach that works for you and creates a body type that's optimal for you and your goals. So try to separate those things. Don't project um, and experiment and tap into other disciplines so that you can understand what uh, what your body needs to kind of grow into your your uh, the body type that's right for you. Uh, hey everyone, uh, I recently came across a new product on the market, uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it uh, with our listeners. Uh, Access Nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, this is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta, rice, chickpeas, nut butters, whole wheat flour, cereals, etc., etc. Uh, so without the enzyme, the above-mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for abs absorption, leading to deficiencies. 
So without iron, our bodies struggle to transport oxygen. Without zinc, our body's immune system is impaired, and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally. So this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, you can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code THOMASENDURANCE um, to get 25% off uh, your order. And um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it could be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org, code Thomas Endurance for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Next as we've all heard, and as the old adage goes, uh, variety is the spice of life. So, you know, if if the goal is, and I've said this time and time again, uh, that our focus should be on understanding how we can leverage <clears throat> athleticism in a way that adds value to our lives so that we can reap the benefits of that value um, lifelong. All right, so it's not just about being an athlete for a couple of seasons. <clears throat> it's not just about a few big goals and then we hang it up. Um, or, or let me back up and say, you know, I hope that's not what it's about. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with pursuing big goals and and having a really strong focus on those things. But I I believe in the intrinsic value of being an athlete. So that I want to see people continue that process, continually engaged in their athleticism for the rest of their lives. That's my mission is to help build lifelong athletes. Um, and so if that's the goal, if we can, you know, agree on that or, or understand the value in, uh, in a lifelong pursuit of athleticism because it yields, you know, health and happiness and longevity and, you know, obvious health benefits that come with exercise, um, then, then variety is, is really a must, right? We, if you have, you know, 30 more years in your sport, um, and then you have to mix it up, right? It only stands to reason that doing the same thing day in and day out, year after year, uh, is, is not going to be typically the recipe for longevity. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to, your engagement is going to wane. Um, and, and so you need to, to mix it up. Um, and, and again, that doesn't mean that you give up 
the thing that you're passionate about, your primary discipline, but certainly at certain times of the year, um, engaging in other things. So, you know, that could be strength training. It could be another endurance discipline. Um, it might be shifting disciplines for several years. Uh, I've, I've done that on and off several times in my athletic career where I was a hundred percent dedicated to cycling for many years and, and then came to running, um, and was a hundred percent dedicated to ultra distance, um, running and then strength training and then cycling and then mountain sports, you know, so having this flexibility where you're continuing to engage with, um, with endurance sports or with your athleticism or understanding how your body works, but that that thing can be fluid. You know, if you started as a cyclist, um, you don't have to stay a cyclist for the rest of your life. That could be a central point. Um, it could be an anchor that keeps you grounded and excited. That could be your passion. Um, but you could certainly engage in other things. Um, and I think that's where, you know, a lot of times we can, um, we can get lost is that we, we think we always have to do this, this same thing. Um, and I've seen it unfortunately happen with so many athletes that they, that they, you know, they hang up their bike or their running shoes. You know, I'm sure, uh, you guys have seen it as well. You've talked to people that, you know, you, you hear the old, you know, story of, you know, yeah, I used to, I used to run, right. Or yeah, you know, I used to, I used to ride my bike. I used to, you know, race or do grand fondos or charity events, or I used to run marathons or half marathons or whatever. And, and they're not engaged in that thing anymore, right? It's all past tense. And that for me is the biggest, um, you know, the most unfortunate thing <clears throat> that could happen specific to our athleticism is that we lose sight of the value of that thing and it becomes a, a past tense conversation. So, you know, again, <clears throat> making sure that it's consistent. And I think that's what happens when we talk to these people <clears throat> that talk about it in the past tense, they, they got tired of it, right? It wasn't adding value to their lives. They weren't engaged in it. Um, it didn't seem like it was something that was exciting. Maybe they accomplished their goals. Um, again, maybe their goal was to run a marathon and they did that. Maybe they did it several times and then, and then what, right? Where do you go from there? Not everybody wants to keep going and run ultra distance races. So where do you go once you've accomplished your goals? That's where this variety I think is really impactful is that we can take that the the skills that we learned uh, in the pursuit of that goal our process oriented skills our mental skills um, you know all of the things that we took away from from reaching that goal and we can apply them to something else and that keeps us engaged it keeps you know it keeps exercise it keeps health um, at the forefront um, but it looks different and that's okay. And I think, I think so many people struggle to know where to go <clears throat> once they've reached their goal, because they think that maybe they have to keep doing that same thing. 
right again. I trained for this running event. I have to keep being a runner, even though that doesn't really seem fun anymore. Um, or, you know, insert whatever discipline you're focused on. And I think that's really where this variety piece can come in is that going back to sustainability, longevity is the goal. How do we keep um, ourselves engaged in consistent movement for the rest of our lives? Um, I think when we, when we look at it through that lens, it, it, it has to include variety. You know, I, I know very few people that have continued to maintain the same level of passion for a singular discipline for their entire lives. They are out there for sure. But most of the athletes I talk to um, need that variety, right? We're not going to continue to stay excited at the same level about the same discipline for the rest of our lives. So let's work to engage in, in, other, in other areas. So again, health and longevity become the focus um, and that keeps that engagement with our athletic identity there, um, but allows us to look at it through, through a different lens, through a different discipline. So <clears throat> next area or next statement, um, mixing it up helps bring value to other disciplines. So what I, I'll give an example. What I hear so, so often from athletes over the years is that, you know, let's use, let's use strength training as an example. This is the classic area that athletes struggle to engage in, um, right? We, we hear about it all the time, right? Endurance athletes should be doing more strength training, right? But we can't, you know, as coaches, it's hard to get them to do it because we want to spend all of our time as endurance athletes doing endurance sports. Um, and round and round we go, right? There's articles on it all the time. We, we know it's important, but it's hard to get it done. <clears throat> so, so I talk to athletes, right? And or I hear from athletes and they say, you know, I just don't, <clears throat> I'm just not excited about, uh, or I don't like strength training, right? Um, and, and that's a fair point. <clears throat> but what I often see is we haven't given it, um, we haven't given it a fair, uh, we haven't given it a fair shake, right? We haven't given it enough time to understand if we like it. Don't knock it until you try it, you know, actually dive into it, work to understand what's engaging, right? It doesn't have to be, um, going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. It doesn't have to be, um, classes. It doesn't have to be high intensity sessions. It, it needs to be whatever is engaging for you and whatever is going to complement your goals and your body type. Um, but, you know, I think we, we get it in our heads as endurance athletes that we don't like these things, right? I don't like strength training. I don't like running. If you're a cyclist, you know, if you're a runner, I don't like cycling. I don't like swimming, uh, whatever it is. Um, and I think you need to give it a chance and we need to give it some time. I, I see a lot of athletes, you know, bail on these things after a few sessions, right? Uh, I strength trained once a week for a couple of weeks. Didn't do it for me. I'm going to go back to just doing my primary discipline hundred percent of the time. Um, let's, let's sink our teeth into it, right? And really work to understand what's engaging 
um, what works, what doesn't, what complements our goals, um, and 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 what it allows you to see is it it allows you to see the value um, in in your primary discipline, right? So when we when we provide some variety, when we mix it up we're going to see value in, in a couple different areas. We're going to see it in this thing that we're trying, right? We're going to see, oh, you know, I started strength training. I gave it a chance. Uh, I've been doing it for 12 weeks now, and I can really see and feel the difference that it's making in how I feel, in how I execute my workouts in my primary discipline, um, in, you know, how it's helping me manage my time. Um, so we're going to see the value there. And then it's also going to allow us to be excited about our primary discipline, right? So when we need to do more of that or when that focus needs to shift, we have some energy that we want to apply to this primary discipline because we we had we took a break. We mixed it up. We've been engaged in other areas. So it really is twofold in that this idea of, you know, mixing it up really helps to to highlight the value of of what we're doing, right? It allows us to see um, why mixing it up is important, why this variety is is and should be and can be engaging, um, and then it gets us excited about coming back to to our other sport, to the thing you know, the endurance thing that we're we're focused on. So you know, I've seen that play out really in my own training time and time again, where I get really nervous about taking time away from this thing that I'm focused on, right? Running or cycling or whatever it is. And inevitably when I do it, one, it makes me better, right? I'll use strength training again, but um, could be running to complement cycling, cycling certainly to complement running, right? Pulling some of that volume away. I always worry that it's going to detract from my fitness or my ability or my capability which is, I think, the sentiment that a lot of athletes share. But inevitably, when I give it space and I give it time to take hold, it always pays dividends, right? Mentally and physically, I feel fresh. I feel more engaged when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing workouts for that primary discipline. And I always feel stronger when I do something else, right? I come back and I feel more capable. I'm able to tap into how my body moves in different disciplines and understand what those movement patterns look and feel like. Um, so always valuable across the board. If we can get over just these mental hangups that we have about what that's going to do to our fitness, what it's going to look and feel like, what's going to make us look like. Um, so give it some time um, and, and really commit to sinking your teeth into it. And I, I promise it'll pay off. Um, and then lastly, you can always go back, right? So um, we, we worry, you know, if we, switch, if we switch things up, if we engage in different areas, if we shift our focus, am I going to lose sight of this area that I have such a strong, um, that I hold such a strong identity to uh, or with? And... The truth of the matter is, is that you can always come back, right? If, um, if I switch things up, 
if I decide to focus entirely on a different goal, a different discipline, I can engage in that thing for a while, um, as long as I need to, as long as I want to, and I can come back to this other thing, right? I can explore that again. And I think actually one of the things that's most exciting for me is when we do allow ourselves to switch things up, if it's needed, um, if it's valuable, when we come back, it's really, you know, with a totally different perspective, right? In the times that I've left or certainly loosened my focus on a particular discipline, and I've put a lot more energy and focus in another discipline, when I've come back to that thing, um, my perspective is totally different in a way that allows me to really understand and see the value of, of this other thing, this thing that I put on pause for a little while. Um, and, you know, it just helps you gain clarity. It's, it's so helpful to take a step back and engage in other things and really commit yourself to being present in that thing um, or with that thing and, and know that you, the plan all along may be to come back to this, this other area. Um, and, but when we come back, you're going to be different mentally and physically. Your body will be different. Your mind, your perspective, again, the clarity that that space provides. Um, and it doesn't have to be long periods of time, but I would even argue, and I think it can be very productive to look at this, you know, kind of this idea of you could always go back through the lens of, of periodization, you know, planned shifts in your training that allow for this space so that we can create the opportunity for some of that clarity that comes on the other side. So, you know, maybe that's a classic, like winter time, really pull back on your primary discipline and focus on ancillary uh, components of your training, right? Strength training, um, activation, you know, really working on these movement patterns, tapping into your body and engaging with your body in a different way. And when you come back to running, cycling, triathlon, whatever it is, I guarantee you it'll, it'll feel different, right? You'll have more awareness um, and you'll also be stronger. And you'll be fresh and you'll be excited to get back to your sport. Um, and that's a plan shift, right? That could just be part of the training plan is that in you know November, December, and January, um, for instance, we're going to shift, right? And we're going to engage in these other things so that we can understand the value of those areas as well as uh, increase the value uh, or the perceived value of this primary discipline. So I think there's a real opportunity there to know that you can always come back and leverage that knowledge to make you a better all-around athlete, to make you an athlete that is able to be engaged season after season, to be excited season after season. Um, and, and that can be, you know, we can take a very, um, um, you know, individualized approach to that shift and actually factor it in. It's something that I think can be very impactful, and I've seen it play out in uh, in really positive ways in athletes' lives, and athletes' training, and athletes' fitness uh, year after year. Um, so, just to recap, again, the goal here is to 
understand or to give you guys some tools, some concepts, some ideas about how to explore your athleticism. Because I think that that exploration is something that we fight a lot of times. Um, And like I said at the top of the show, you know, that was the question that was posed to me is, you know, how do you shift your focus and still stay connected to endurance sports? Um, And so these these are the areas that um, that allow me to or the ways I think about things um, that allow me to shift focus while still staying connected, still staying engaged year after year. Um, and so to recap ways that we can explore our athleticism are, you know, don't be afraid of change. Um, you know, taking time away from our primary discipline doesn't have to detract, um, from how we pursue those goals. Um, second is there's no, one perfect body type. So trying to remove ourselves from, you know, this is what a cyclist looks like. This is what a runner looks like. This is what a triathlete looks like. Um, and working to maximize our bodies. How do we move best? Um, how do we need to be fueled? Um, what does our body need to look and feel like so that we can continue to pursue these goals for the long haul? Um, thirdly, uh, variety is the spice of life right? Is that if, if our goal is, um, longevity and a lifelong pursuit of our athleticism, then we really need to infuse some variety. We need to be able to mix it up, um, and know that, that we can be engaged in different things. And that doesn't make us less of a, um, you know, insert your discipline, right? Less of a runner, less of a cyclist, um, mixing it up. Uh, number four, mixing it up helps bring value to all of these disciplines, Right. So if we engage in these other areas, we're going to see the value in that. And, and again, I encourage you to commit to that thing. Don't knock it before you try it. Don't say, uh, you know, tried strength training. Don't really like it. Tried yoga. Don't really like it. Whatever that thing is. Um, give it some space and time and, and really work to understand what's what works for you. What's engaging. Doesn't matter what your training partner does. Doesn't matter what your you know partner at home does. What you read in a magazine, what works for you? What's exciting? What's going to keep it consistent for you? Um, so mixing it up and then and then doing so to uh, allow you to see the value in, in all of these different areas of your athleticism. And then lastly, you can always go back, right? So you're not going to lose sight of your primary discipline. Um, you want... Um, you won't lose your identity in that space, right? I actually would argue that mixing it up helps to further cement your athletic identity, helps you by engaging in these other areas. You, you understand your body better. You understand what you're capable of. You understand that you're able to engage in these other things. And then there's all these areas you can tap into and use your body in a way that, that moves you forward, that pushes you towards your goals. So um, I hope this was helpful. This is something that um, I am extremely passionate about. And honestly, I think just starting to scratch the surface. This has been a journey for me personally is to, you know, from someone who comes from a very deep um, endurance sports background, understanding how to continually engage with um, with endurance sports, how to continually engage with um 
my athletic identity in a way that's going to keep me excited for the next, you know, 30, 40 years. I mean, however long it is. Um, and so uh, I was like, I'm excited to share, you know, part of this journey with you guys. I hope it's helpful. As always, uh, thomasenduranceCoaching.com for everything that we talk about on the show to connect with a coach for free. If you have any questions, we're here to be a resource. Please uh, reach out. And enduranceminded.com. Uh, drop us a question or a comment at the bottom of the page there. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. And uh, I'd love to uh, to be able to help you guys. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm here to be a resource in that space uh, as well. So thanks as always. Uh, and I'll see you next time.